Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler and Don Sullivan. Hey, everybody. Aaron Butler here, along with my illustrious co-hosts, with the mostest, Mark Cockle and Don Sullivan. Gentlemen. Greetings, Aaron. Start your morning, Howdy. Howdy. So, today we're going to talk about top 10 excuses for not working out and or eating better. But first, most of you know that you can listen to the show that I've had some IT band issues recently. Um, had some pain for the last couple of months and finally went and got looked at and I have started going to physical therapy and last night I went and did a two mile walk slash run, ran about a half a mile, walked about a mile and a half and was just barely a little bit tender this morning, felt pretty good, went to PT this morning and so I am on the mend, I believe, I am improving. Um, the last time I went that distance, by the time I got back to the house, my knee was killing me last night, my knee didn't bother me at all and so for those of you that have been out there praying, hoping, and believing for me to become the mobile man I once was, I am on my way to mobile again. Great. So, what's the what the doctor said to take it easy for uh, a while? Are you past that while, or are you to the point what? of of well, moving on now, or what? Technically, uh-huh. <laughs> he uh, he, he mo- mostly he said, you know, don't exercise to pain was kind of the. You know, he said, you don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to exercise into pain. And, and so he said, uh, you know, use the, prefer the elliptical over road work. So I did. Monday, I did about 15 minutes on the elliptical. I'm going to do the elliptical again tomorrow. Um, the PT guy, you know, same thing. He, he recommended me cutting back to, you know, once or twice a week. So I've just been taking it easy. I purposely went, you know, didn't go three miles last night. I only did two. Um, paid careful attention to my body as I was going to make sure that I wasn't hurting. And so I'm still not anywhere back to what, you know, before I was doing about uh, 12 miles a week plus whatever hiking we did on the weekend. Right now I'm doing about three. So I'm, you know, 25% as far as my output, but uh, as far as the way I'm feeling, I feel a lot better. So I'm, I'm curious, did you, I'm sorry, did you notice any weight gain or have you noticed any weight gain since you've been unable to exercise? Well, I've only, I've actually been fairly inactive compared to what I was doing before in the last for the last two months which also encompasses the wonders of Thanksgiving um, and I put on probably five to seven pounds in that time I don't know I haven't been keeping as close to track as I was before I haven't been weighing weekly I've been weighing every couple of three weeks um, so since uh, mid-July is when I really started having some pain and, and cutting back on my activity so let's just say August to make August September October Almost four months now, man. I can't believe how time fly, has flown where I've been one or two days a week instead of three days a week. You know, and the one or two days a week have been a little less than normal. Um, and so I've creeped back up five pounds. I will also say, <clears throat> it's kind of getting onto a whole other subject. I actually talked, thought about doing a show about this or maybe just a blog post about it because it almost a whole show topic. But, um, since I've kind of plateaued, uh, with what I was doing before, I have, I want to say, I don't know how to put it. I've allowed myself to relax a little bit as far as what I've been eating. And what I found is uh, my weight has, Don asked this question way back. I know I, I tend to speak in sentence fragments and jump around. Don asked this question way back. Does it ever get easier? Or is it always a struggle? You know, if you were fat once, is it always a struggle to stay in shape? And I would say right now, I'm not really struggling to not gain weight. You know, I'm not like fighting every day for every ounce of, God, just, it's a struggle not to do it. I'm kind of, this is kind of my normal now. You know, I've been like, I've been at this weight, give or take five pounds since June. So June, July, August, September, October, November, six months um, within five pounds of what I'm at right now. So um, I feel like I've, my, my metabolism and things, my output and input have kind of stabilized. But I, I believe this last little creep up, and not to mention Thanksgiving, which was crazy, ridiculous, um, which I guess we could talk about that a little bit if we wanted to since this show is actually being recorded after Thanksgiving. Um, but I have found that my weakness, the thing that I'm doing is I'm, I'm starting to graze a little bit. And grazing to me is one of the most insidious and deceitful and non, uh, non, uh, satisfying temptations out there. Because what happens, this is what happens to me. I've got two of my coworkers who have bowls of M&M sitting out within eight foot of my desk. 
Bowls. That's just uncalled for. That's. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. They're both thinking they're slim and have no problems with this. Uh, and I've got other coworkers who have candy at their desk. And then I've got olives in the refrigerator now left over from, from, from uh, Thanksgiving. Olives are right there with pickles as far as something I just love to grab. So what'll happen, what happens is, uh, and I'm out of pickles. I ran out of pickles yesterday. Uh-oh. I, you know, I grab a couple olives here and I grab a handful of M&Ms in the morning, a little handful of M&Ms in the afternoon, maybe a chocolate candy, little tiny mint chocolate candy bar off of my boss's boss's desk. Well, in and of those um, themselves, each of those things is a very small amount. But when you add them all up, then you're actually, I got a couple extra two or 300 calories that day. And yeah, it tasted good. A couple hundred calories is no big deal, but you say a couple hundred calories a day times seven days, that's 1500 calories that week that I just grazed on. When I say that it's, it's, uh, very little, well, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but for a fat guy, most fat guys, at least from my experience, we like to eat and we like to be full. You know what I mean? We eat for that fullness feeling. We want to eat and we want to eat enough to be full. And one of the problems with dieting, a lot of times when you cut cutting back, you don't get as full. Well, eating a handful of M&Ms does not make me full in any way. You know, four olives does not fill me up in any way. Give me any kind of fullness, satisfaction, or satisfy that, that chemical or, you know, brain trigger thing. Right. So you've got the, the 45 seconds or so it takes you to eat it and then it's gone. Yeah. There's, there's the, no payoff. So, right. And so what happens is you end up you can do that four, three, four, two, three, four, five times a day, taking an extra two to five hundred calories, and you don't get any fullness factor from it, and so you don't really get any um, satisfaction. Is the word I'm looking for that right. mental satisfaction of I feel full and satisfied, and so um, I've decided that I'm going to, and I've started that already this week. I'm going to cut that, not maybe not even all the way. Like today, I probably had six M&Ms instead of six handfuls of M&Ms. Right. <laughs> you know? Not that I was doing six handfuls, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's kind of why I asked at the, uh, at the first place, because you, you had made a dramatic life change, and I was right. curious as to when you cut out the exercise, or almost all the exercise, mm-hmm. um, did you see a reversion to that? And what you're saying is that, the, the and, and that's kind of what I was hoping you'd say, <clears throat> the idea is that it was, in fact, a life change. There's not right. one component that can derail all the rest, because your entire way of being has changed right because i'm still even i'm still more active even now injured than i was before <laughs> you know friday the day after thanksgiving me my brother-in-law my and his three kids and nathaniel went to sweetwater creek state park our favorite state park that's near us and we did a little two-mile hike um i would never have done that two years ago you know i wouldn't even thought to do it much less actually going and doing it and it was great. We, we me and Nathaniel ran a little bit, uh, you know, not a lot, a couple hundred yards. But I got my heart rate up. I got out. I got moving around, and you know, just that level, of my overall level of activity is gone. You know, they they have that when they do your basal metabolic basal metabolic rate and you're calculating your your calorie needs, blah blah blah. There's like a zero, one, two, three, four, five. I used to be a hardcore negative one. <laughs> I wasn't even a zero. I was subpar because I did absolutely the, the minimum activity I could. Now, even being ways to conserve energy, right? How close can I park to the door at Walmart? You know, if I can buy it on an end cap at the checkout, <laughs> I'll do that. It's all the way in the back of the store, Cheryl. You know, that kind of thing. Let's go to Target. The clothes are close. The toys are close to the front. Uh, you know, so now even my inactive self is a one or a two. You know, so that you're right. It's 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 made a difference. So that's thanks for asking that question, Mark. You're welcome. So, Mark, in the words of Boss Vic Koslovich, how you sleep? <laughs> well, I had mentioned on the show previously that uh, I went to have a sleep study, uh, and after the full night of relative misery, um, the uh, the results were inconclusive. So I go back tomorrow night, as of the recording of this, uh, to uh, do the whole thing all over again. Um, the, the issue last time was they, there's a two part thing. And I, I think I mentioned this. I don't remember. I do so many shows a week. I forget who I've told what, but there's two parts. First is they study and get a baseline and then they hook you up to whatever machine they think will work. And then they start testing the treatment and they didn't get to the treatment part. I didn't sleep enough to get to the treatment part. So this time I'm going to go in and, and they're going to maybe do a couple of hours of baseline and then hook me up and try to treat it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to having some resolution to this. If they tell me I need a CPAP, great. If they tell me I don't, great. But uh, I, I just, I want to know why I'm tired all the time. If it ends up being, you know, something metabolic or something else, then, then that's fine. We'll fix that. But uh, I, I'm sick and tired of being tired and sick. Yeah. 
Well, a little uh, a little carrot out there to our listeners. I've got Dr. Leibowitz, our sleep study professional, scheduled tentatively. Um, he will be back on the show, absolutely. We have a tentative date for in just a few weeks, actually. Yes. Have him back on to do a follow-up with him. Don, in particular, had multiple questions, and maybe Mark could ask him some questions about his experiences and see if that's something he would typically do, and hopefully he won't go, I can't believe they did that. That was idiotic. Mark, you should never... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so we're having Dr. Leibowitz on in a couple of weeks, and uh, that'll be exciting. We also have Laura Field scheduled to come back. We're going to tackle the topic of childhood obesity, um, and that'll, that'll be an awesome show. And then another little teaser out there, we've got, I've uh, made connections with a guy named Travis Saunders, who's a PhD candidate student. He and another gentleman have a blog called Obesity Panacea, and uh, he is studying sedentary, the effects of sedentary lifestyle on people. So we're just going to, I think that'll be a really interesting discussion with him as well. It seems like a, reading through his own personal blog, he seems like a pretty sharp guy. And um, obviously, PhD candidates typically tend to be pretty sharp guys. Yeah, uh, Aaron sent me, uh, Carbon copied me in on an email thread back and forth between that guy. And I thought it was interesting. The hypothesis he's trying to prove with this dissertation is that even one day of being sedentary will have some effect on your overall health. Not just a lifestyle of of being sedentary, but just one day, and right. I, I'm I'm really interested to to see what those findings are. I'm interested to hear what he has to say about my standing desk. Yeah, yeah. He actually there's actually he has a blog post in there. I believe it was on his blog as I was looking doing some research that was it said standing uh, standing desks are not just for adults anymore. So actually, the I didn't actually get to read that article. I was reading like five or six of his articles. Um, so I think he's talking about even using that having kids have standing desks. Oh wow, cool! Which is, would be fantastic for Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah, he'd love it because his desk ends up being a standing desk anyway. <laughs> it's more of a hovering desk. He like hovers around the chair. I think his chair is built out of a uh, air hockey desk, uh, air hockey tabletop, and his rear is a puck, <laughs> and it can't actually alight on it. It almost touches, but then it just kind of slides around. So <clears throat> anyway, well, Mark, we're excited sense. to hear what your what your final results on that are. Me too. So, Don, what's going on? Uh, less with me, more with my wife. Um, so, of course, it affects me greatly is that my wife slash we are starting back on the Weight Watchers program. Excellent. She, um, I she, love the way you put that because what mama does, the whole house does, whether you it, want yeah, to or exactly. not. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not, she's not going to make a salad and cook me a corn dog. So, you know, <laughs> we're both. How about a corn dog salad? That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um. Oh, that does sound delicious. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're uh, she she. Whenever we do it, she goes to the meetings and gets all the materials. And um, we 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 go to the grocery store twice a month. We make a menu for the month, and so we'll get out her Weight Watchers books and look up stuff on the internet um, that has point values, and then uh, actually, you know, just cook whatever. And then just kind of have her whole Weight Watchers plan out for the month. It's actually pretty convenient. Um, I know you watched we stopped doing it last iPhone. time just because she got tired of going to meetings and we got tired of paying for it. You you watched your iPhone months ago, Don. Did you ever get a smartphone since then or do you just have a regular smart uh, feature phone? Nope. Um, cross my fingers that Santa Claus brings me a, an Android for Christmas. Because I think there is a Weight Watchers app out there. I haven't looked. That will, There are several, actually. That I will believe. give you the points for something with the barcode scan yes like you can go at the store you can scan and they'll throw you the points out so yeah well that's great yeah you know, the, the issue that we have uh, which is why we are leaning on the internet pretty hard is is whenever you actually cook something you have to take all of the ingredients and find out the points for all of them unless you get a recipe from the internet that already has all that stuff done for you which is right. a huge time saver yeah that's one of the things that i found with with logging my own food and, and keeping a food diary is uh it's a whole lot easier with prepackaged things you know a can of soup or whatever but you know the the soup that my wife made tonight I have no idea. I can guess, approximate by what I know is in it, but uh, it is a little harder when you're actually making your own stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I will say this. We don't, we meaning one meal won't work out. We don't normally condone, not condone, promote or advocate a particular diet plan or exercise regimen. I mean, we, we promote walking because that's accessible for everybody. And uh, just, you know, portion control and that kind of stuff. 
you know, Don himself did uh, uh, Adipex, the weight loss medication. We've had people who have had gastric bypass. We actually had somebody on here talking about the HCG diet, which is still fairly controversial. And I'm not saying any of those are for you or are beneficial or anything like that. This is That's more of the educational part of this show. But if I was going to put my weight <laughs> behind anything, it would be Weight Watchers because it is very similar to the one the one meal part of one meal one workout. It's about making smart choices, portion control, understanding what you're putting in your mouth, and just basic you know common sense. So um, you know there actually came an article came out uh, a couple months ago on CNN <clears throat> where they did a year long study comparing people who joined Weight Watchers versus people who went to their physician on a monthly basis to uh, to try to gain to try to lose some weight and get control of their eating habits and things like that. And the Weight Watchers people actually fared a little better. And so um, I'm not I'm not bashing doctors in the sense I'm, I'm, I appreciate any doctor that will try to help their patients get healthier um, and as far as weight gain and that kind of stuff. But I'm just it's just another article saying Weight Watchers is pretty successful. If you go out there and look around, Weight Watchers scores really highly on any of the diet things when people evaluate them. And it's because of, A, it's accessible, it's accessible. It's ubiquitous. You can find the information on labels of things everywhere now, um, and the support group aspect of it. You know, that's that's a big part of it um, is uh, having that group of people to help you be accountable, which we encourage that anyway. Even if you don't join a group, get somebody that you're accountable with. Yeah, and I remember the number. It was something like seventy five percent. You're seventy five percent more likely to be successful if you diet with a support group than dieting alone. Right. Yeah, that means you're twenty five percent. Less likely to be right. successful. If I do the math right on that. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. I'm not going to belabor the article. Just go in there, take a look at it. It's kind of interesting, um, anecdotal. It, it, I think Weight Watchers is, is a good framework to hang your eating lifestyle on and to give you some education. You know, so it's, 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 it's good. So anyway, today we're going to talk about top 10 excuses for not eating right or exercising. This was a... A uh, minute-long scientific study that I did <laughs> using our instant messaging in my office. I messaged my team. There's there's nine people. Uh, yeah, nine people on my team besides myself. I instant messaged them and said, hey, guys, at lunch today, if you have a minute, I am uh, doing a podcast this week, and I want to do the topic of top 10 excuses for not eating right or exercising, but I don't want to just pull them out of my own head, and I don't want to just go to the Internet and pull somebody else's list. You're my, you're my, um, you know, you're my, uh, my little, my little micro universe here, my little micro test group. You tell me what it was, and it was really funny because I instant messaged them all in a single chat window, so it was just this thread of blam, 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 and then playing off each other and and that kind of thing, and uh, it was really neat. So actually, um, the guys here looking at the show notes with me, I, I'll probably mention it as we go along, but you can see some like times five out beside things and times two. That's like the number of people who mentioned that. Um, and pretty much all of these lists, if you go, if you do go Google lists of why people don't exercise, don't eat right, number one thing they come up about not exercising is too busy, not enough time. I'm too busy. I'm not. I don't have enough time. I've got a full time job. I've got kids. I've got this. I've got that. In fact, half over half of my study group um, commented that as their first number one thing. And so, uh, basically, what we're going to do today, let me just back up a little bit is I'm going to do my best to encourage you slash debunk the myths of why you can't work out or eat better. And uh, with the guys jumping in and chiming in with their own homespun wisdom, uh, we'll hopefully give you some encouragement if one of these is the reason that you may be a little reticent to get out there and get motivated. So number one, too busy, not enough time, uh, full-time job, all the kids, all that. Now, there's two ways to kind of approach this. One is the whole time management versus uh, you know, we've done podcasts on how to be more active, how to fit activity into a busy schedule. We've got, we've used that as in the news articles. We've had exercise more tips about that. So even just within this one podcast and website, you can go find a half a dozen things about ways to squeeze a workout in, whether it's working out at lunch. And I mean, there's just, I'm not even, I'm not going to go over all that again. There's a bunch of that, but there's a, there's an op, there's a flip side to that too. <clears throat> so one, you can do better time management, you know, figure out when it works for you, all that, or the other way to do it is just make exercise more important. Whatever you've got to do psychologically to make that shift in your head. One of the things that I did, and this sounds almost cheesy, cliche, um, I don't know, that's not even the right word, uh, trite to say it, is I made working out like my work. Not in the sense of it's a job, and we'll get to that one later, but uh, 
I get up in the morning. Uh, Don, Mark, I don't know about you guys. You both have families. Am I right about that? <laughs> yes. Yes. You Allegedly. both have mortgages. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, you both have mouths to feed other than your own. Indeed. Right. Correct. When you, when you get up in the morning, you don't go, eh, I'm tired today. I'm not going to go to work. I did if when I was in that, college, but you know, maturity changes things. Right. You're an adult. You have responsibilities. One of your responsibilities is taking care of your family, earning an income, and contributing to society at large. So you get up in the morning. You've got responsibilities. It doesn't matter if you're tired. Sometimes you feel good, you feel sick. You know, you're sick enough to not work. You don't go to work. That's that's normal. But day by day, especially when I was really overweight, I was tired every morning when I woke up. Mark, as you know, I mean, that's what you're dealing with right now. Every day you're tired when you get up, but you get up and you go to work because you have to, because that's how you earn a living. That's how you take care of your family. So what I did is I made a mental shift where I made working out as important as my work. I don't just not go to work because I'm tired. I don't just not work out because I'm tired. I tried to make that same equivalent. And what that did is that took away all the excuses. I I put it up there on the same level as my job. And so I began, what I found is that I began to schedule things around my working out as opposed to looking for reasons to not work out. Used to it would be literally, be well, um, we need to go hang out with so-and-so tonight. Ah, I can't go work out, you know. <laughs> it was, but I began to protect that workout time, protect that, um, that thing that I had, that opportunity I created to be active and, uh, and, and made it that important to me. So what happened then is then I started hitting way more than I would miss. You know, and if I worked out three times a week on, in standard and say three, four weeks a month, just round numbers, that would be 12 times. So in the course of three months, that'd be 36 times. I would hit 35 of them. Right. And Don, you had to do something similar with your couch to 5K, right? You had to make it a priority, something you were going to do. Yes, um, definitely. I was going to say that was, and I think I mentioned that on, on the episode where I first came in and you interviewed me that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday or Gosh, I don't even remember what it was now. That's sad. <laughs> Were the days that I was going to go run. And we couldn't make plans on those days because I was going to be running. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really making it part of your life. I, I read a really good article today about it was more about following through with projects that you've already started, which is extremely pertinent for me. But uh, one of the big things they were talking about was just schedule stuff. You're not ever going to just say, oh, yeah. Um, of the 75 things that I have on my to-do list that are kind of all on the back burner, let's go ahead and just do this one consistently every day for the next six months or whatever, and then go ahead and just knock that project out. You just have to go ahead and set aside time and decide when you're going to actually do this stuff. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just going to roll around in your head forever and not ever going to happen. And I will have to confess to being probably like the 80% of our listeners who fail in that. I don't do that consistently. I I try uh, no, I probably don't try. The reality is, I think I try. Um, and here we have the yeah. reality of life for most yeah. people: falling in, coming out of Mark's mouth. I have you mentally remind yourself. Right, well, I have, I have working out on my calendar. I have, I have it there, but it's also one of the first things to get crossed off when anything comes up. Um, and so I, you know, I, I it's something I am still working on. Um, I did for a long time, for almost a year. I got up at uh, 4 o'clock every morning and uh, exercised for an hour before I showered and got ready for the day. But I found that I just couldn't physically keep that up. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the buy-in for that is so high that it would be just the fact you did that for a year uh, tells me that if you picked a more reasonable time, <laughs> you right. could probably do it forever. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That was the reasonable time because that was the only time of my day where nobody was demanding anything of me. Yeah. Um, and so uh, maybe after I get my sleep patterns uh, regulated, I'll be able to do that again. But right now, um, I, I just kind of squeeze in what I can, where I can. And I try to do the things that we've talked about and build a workout into my day, walking farther right. here and there, taking the stairs instead of the elevator. But in terms of a dedicated workout time, I haven't had that in probably eight months. Yep. It looks like it's time to build you a, a tread pewter desk in the pod pod. Right. <laughs> you, you podcast so much, you could probably lose like a thousand pounds this year just from if you just walked at one mile an hour all the time you spend behind the microphone. But then I'd be panting while I talked. Not if you're going that slow. Do, <laughs> yeah, do a quarter of a mile an hour. Just like do one leg every, every 30 <laughs> seconds or something. Mark, I hear a, a periodic every four second thud in the background. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> That's me well, walking. I, I do find that my chair squeaks a lot. Maybe I should just get rid of the chair. And there we go. I get rid of the squeak and the uh, little yeah. extra exercise. 
Perfect. I have a little, I have a person's name in the notes here, just to, as a little anecdotal note on, on number one, then we'll move on. Um, I was the youth pastor for a number of years at a church in Texas, and as part of my duties, I also led the youth band. We had a full band, guitars, bass, drums, keyboard, singers, all that kind of fun stuff. I had one particular guitar player who shall remain nameless, unless somebody looks in the show notes. And um, he was late, almost without exception from five to 20 minutes late every single week for about three years. Uh, and he lived about three miles from the church. Um, he worked early in the morning and got th- through at two o'clock. So it wasn't like he was flying home from work. It literally came down to, it wasn't a priority to him. I know. And some people say, well, some people are just always late. He worked at UPS and he had to be there at four o'clock in the morning. And if you were late, you got fired and he was not fired ever. He made it to work at four o'clock in the morning, five days a week, every day for three years, and was never not late. fired. Not even, not even one time. <laughs> not one time. He not was even not fired once. one time. <laughs> and, uh, but he couldn't. He couldn't make it to practice on time. And you know what it is? It's that same thing about to him being on time to practice was not a priority. A phone call would make him late. Oh, I need to hang up these clothes would make him late. I need to stop by the store on the way to practice would make any you know any anything to be late. And so, um, if you if you're gonna if you want to exercise, the number one thing about being too busy is just you've got to make it more important than other things that are stealing your time. And I mean, not everybody like Mark right now he's struggling to find the time to do it. And uh, and I understand that that is a reality uh, for a lot of people. But if there are most people have things they do that are more of a recreational nature that they could squeeze a little bit of time out of if they so chose. Number two. Working out is boring and a chore. One guy hey, said, "Amen, man, I just can't get over one foot in front of the other." One of, my, one of the guys actually commented. He said, "It's like having a second job," <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I just said. It is like having a second job. So, how do you make working out not be boring and a chore? Simple, easiest way to fix that: find something you like to do. Be creative. We've talked about this in past episodes. Try something for three weeks. If you don't like it, try something else for three weeks. If you don't like it, try something else for three weeks. You may find out that what you like is changing thing every three weeks. I don't know. But try something until you find something you like. Uh, I have in the notes here, join a bowling league. You know, if you're sedentary as I used to be, a bowling league would be a step up. <laughs> yeah, just getting, getting out, out of the house and driving to the bowling alley would be a step up. Yeah, I've got to walk all the way down to lane 25? <laughs> and the bathroom's at lane one? Oh. You hey, know? you guys joke. Whenever I was at 350 pounds, I joined the bowling league for work, and I would leave that place winded. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not joking. You throw three games, and you're pushing a 10-pound bowling ball down that lane. It's it's it more work than you realize. So uh, I'm absolutely serious about that. But the other thing you can do, and this is what I've done. To me, walking is is relaxing. We'll talk about that in a minute. And it's not it's not a chore. I don't mind walking um, or running. But I run in the same neighborhoods. It's not like the scenery changes every week. It's not like I'm excited to go see that house in the corner down there again. So what I do is I listen to music or a book on tape. I've done that a couple of times. Or, and podcasts. Hello, how about a podcast? So to me, that makes my running and walking even more fun because I, I, get, I have some time alone. I get to listen to my podcast or whatever I'm listening to and enjoy that time. So um, there you go. And which t- takes us right into the next one. Number three, too tired. Or I want to relax when I get home from work. That's what that was the comment. When I get home from work, I'm ready to relax. And that, as I'm saying, <clears throat> excuse me, walking for me is relaxing. Running, believe it or not, is relaxing. I can kind of veg out, take my mind off the day. All I've got to worry about is not getting hit by a car, not tripping on a curb, not letting my pants fall off, um, which that still happens sometimes. And, uh, and enjoying the music I listen to or the podcast or whatever. Um, yeah, Teddy so, Roosevelt used to go cut a few cords of wood to relax. You know, whatever relaxes you, uh, yeah. you'll find it eventually. And, and yeah, once you've exerted yourself, uh, you find out, A, you weren't as tired as you thought you were, because then you, then you know what really tired is. Uh, <laughs> but B, also your body releases, you know, the, the endorphins, the healing process, mm-hmm. and you do feel better. Yeah. And yeah, it my- really does tie into not into, into things being a chore, because whenever you're actually having fun then you know you're spending that time on yourself you're you're getting that recharge out of it and right. you know if you don't like walking like Aaron says then you know put in the headphones and listen to some music if that's what you're into or 
there's plenty of different spins you can put on it. You know, go play golf. Just don't take the cart. You'll get a lot yeah. of walking out that way. Yeah. You yeah, know, my, take my up frisbee golf. You'll get a lot of walking that way too. And it's it's not a fuddy duddy sport. You know, there's right. plenty of stuff out there. Play left-handed if you're right-handed. You get plenty there of walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you know, tying that back in, um, if if it becomes something you like, then it becomes easier to offset something else you're already doing that you like. For me, I used to be a real TV holic, and so. But when I really began to enjoy running, it was easy to give up Chuck, the show, not yeah, to give up, up Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, I know. It was easy to, to not watch the show Chuck and go run because I actually enjoyed doing the running more than watching the show. So anyway, number four, too lazy. Two people on my, in my study group uh, were not, uh, bold enough just to say, I'm just too lazy. Those are honest but, people. Maybe the only yeah. two honest people in your survey. Hey, so I had. So my uh, my response to that is is three words: suck it up. <laughs> not much to say on that one. If you're just saying you're lazy, well, yeah, we're all tend to be lazy, especially when we're fat. There's not really much I can do with that other than tell you, yes, you are lazy. Okay, now we got to make some better choices. I mean, there's there's some at some point you just have to say laziness is more of a state of mind, um, and we can do some things to make ourselves not be as lazy. Don has his finger up. Go, yeah, Don. That really goes back to number one. That it does. Is is it or is it not a priority? You know, does your body image or your health or the prospect of your, what your future holds, does it really mean that much to you? Because if it's just to the point where you say, I'm just not going to get off the couch, then obviously it's not a priority. And maybe that just means you need to reevaluate whether or not you think you're fat. Yeah. And, or you could just you suck know, it that's up. A, that's a reality check. Or just suck it up. <laughs> just go do it. Cause, I'm just kidding. Yeah. There was actually saw in my elevator at work, we have a little TV screen that has a news ticker on it, you know? And it they had a thing this week that they said that 15% on average more people now say that their body weight is normal than they did, I think it was 20 years ago. Where, But the reality is more people are out of shape now than they were 20 years ago. And so the study, though, but it's normal asked, to be out of shape. They asked the now. question, normal, right? Well, as the whole bell curve shifts and people get fatter in general, you become normal if you're 20 pounds overweight. You know. So anyway, that's the side note. Sorry, that was no extra charge for that one. Number five, too old. <clears throat> one person was very funny. She actually said, um, I've, "At my age, I've earned the right to put on a few pounds." <laughs> I said, you are right. That's fine. She's not that old. She's not much older than me, but, but, uh, she was, she was just actually being kind of funny. Um, I just wanted to re- remind, I think we mentioned it on a show a while back, but this year, a hundred year old man finished a marathon. That's one zero zero and finished I, a marathon. I think when people say too old, what they really mean is too achy. You know, when you hit 40 or 50, you, your body starts falling out. You start paying for the stupid things you did when you were 20. Yeah. And, and you hurt. And so that's what they mean by too old. It, it takes too much out of me. It's too much effort. Um, but, you know. Or could it be the old, the uh, old dog new trick thing too, where this is my, I haven't, I've never exercised my whole life. Now I'm going to take up this new hobby. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not going to really start lifting weights at 55. That's crazy. Yeah. But generally when you hear somebody say, I'm too old for this, it's followed by, oh, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, this, this hurts me. I'm too old for this. And so I will refer to your advice on the previous uh, t- <laughs> thing for that one. Yeah. Suck it up and take four Advil. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. No. Yeah. That, that's probably true. That, that's probably what she was referring to. Yeah. You get a little, I know from, for me, when I was 20, I was pretty much invincible. I think every 20 year old guy feels that way. Um, so anywho, too old. It's really a state of mind. You just got you, you got to know that you can do it. And, but uh, you, you got to know that that hundred year old marathon runner was hurting like crazy. You know when he when he I finished. I think he ran. It, the, you know? I think he ran another marathon the next day, Mark. I think he did, and then he climbed Count Kilimanjaro backwards. <laughs> <laughs> just cool his calves right. off after yeah, all that marathon. Scabs, right? Right? The most interesting man in the world. In the world, yeah. All right, number six. I don't want to cook and clean dishes. Um. Okay. Meaning I, I it's easier really to eat, it's easier to order a pizza than to cook a healthy meal. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. let me tell you about the mess that's still in my kitchen from Thanksgiving, and I guarantee you none of it was healthy. <laughs> exactly. So I don't really understand this one because, like I have here, uh, letter B, I think Don's referring to cooking healthy or non-healthy make about the same mess. In fact, a lot of unhealthy meals make a worse mess. Fries from rabbit. See what kind of mess that makes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, and if you say, well, I just don't like to cook and clean at all. 
you can eat out. If you're an eating out type person, you can eat out fairly healthy, even fast food. You can make better choices. Again, we're on the show. We're talking about making better choices. So, yeah, what's that? Eat out, what's that plan? I, I, Nutrisystem, where they send prepackaged food to your house. Craig does that. Yeah, you don't they have to cook. Mail anything. it to you. You don't even have to go to the fast food place. That right. is, I think we're going back to the lazy point now. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's easier right. than the drive-through. That's easier than picking up the phone and calling Domino's. It just comes right. to you. And then uh, I think I think there's a subsidiary company called Fork and Spoon that actually come and put it in your mouth for you. <laughs> <laughs> Too tired to lift that fork? Call Fork and Spoon. <laughs> I actually considered that uh, that whole thing fork because you know no the the Nutrisystem <laughs> thing because um, it does take away a lot of excuses. It's expensive. But it's less expensive than ordering pizza three nights a week. Um, yep. And it takes away all the excuses. Everything but does it taste good. And if you're still asking yourself if it tastes good, you're not ready to lose weight. Yeah. You know, so I, back to – I didn't want didn't to gloss over this point that I was making. There are a lot of people who say, I don't like to cook and clean. Then they their alternate is eating out, but they make poor choices eating out. That's right. the problem. If they would just choose to uh, make some better choices eating out, then they wouldn't be – as in a bad a situation. By the way, Mark, on Google Hangout, your picture froze for just a second with your face kind of like this. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, that's a side note. For, for all those people on Radio Land, that was hilarious. Yes. yes it yes. was great. Make a funny face and lean slightly to the left. Now look in the mirror. That's what Mark was doing. Okay. Number seven. I love carbs. One person said that. I just love carbs. <laughs> that, was their, that was their only response. I love carbs. I, I, I will stand in line for that, to buy a ticket to that party, too. Yeah. I love so, carbs. Here's my advice for what it's worth for carbs, because I've been a carbaholic myself. Uh, I am not typically, other than a handful of M&Ms, apparently, once in a while, I am more a meat and potatoes versus a cookie man. Um, ice cream is about the only sweet that, that can t- tempt me sometimes. Um, but here's what I did. Don't try to stop the carbs cold, cold turkey. Don't try to just say, I'm quitting the carbs. I'm done with it. Carbs are dead to me. Don't do that. It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. At least I'm it. So what you got to do is go back to that that original one meal workout idea of make some smarter choices. So what I what we did is we quit making as much bread at meals because used to Cheryl would make like a whole French loaf <laughs> when it was just me and her having spaghetti. You know, a three foot long French loaf from the deli of garlic bread, and I would eat three quarters of it at that meal. Uh, so now we don't do that. She might make a piece of bread for each of us. So we limit. Can't our- waste these six other pieces of garlic bread. Exactly. It won't taste as good tomorrow. Man, so this cornbread's going to dry out every night. So, uh, so do that. You know. Have you guys ahead. been to make- my house? Because it really sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, but make some, try to make some smarter choices on that. And then when you can substitute the whole wheat, the grain, um, whole grains, over the white because the white is it's like carbs on steroids. To use a terrible metaphor. Um, the white bread and white rice and those kind of things are, have a high glycemic index. They convert sugar really fast, and they give you that carb rush that everybody's always wanting. You can get a similar feeling with the whole wheats and, and grains that are slightly less glycemically enhanced. I don't know if that's the right term or not. I'm not a just, scientist. Just can I give a quick example? Yeah. T- tonight for dinner, my wife made uh, turkey soup with wild rice. So you got the wild rice instead of the, the enriched white bleached rice. The, it tasted just as, as sinful and still had that nice filling up thing, but at a tenth of the calories and carbs. Yeah. And so my, my third point here is, and Mark, I mean, that's a perfect example. That's, we actually had a kind of a tortellini soup tonight that Cheryl made, same kind of idea. Um, gradually make the changes, gradually making the changes will break the carb addiction. It, it's not really breaking it. It's a matter of weaning yourself off of them. So it's, you just gradually change your eating habits over time so most people that i've talked to that have had this problem they like give up bread you know they go from eating a half a loaf of bread on monday to giving up bread on tuesday and on wednesday they're back on the loaf <laughs> they're back on the loaf love, what are they gonna do love it so and Aaron, i think you've mentioned a couple times before that once you start eating whole wheat and then you go back to you just get a slice of good soft white bread that stuff is gross it has no flavor right yeah no. there's nothing there yeah. I, uh, it's all mushy. It's, and a, it's amazing the difference that it makes whenever you actually get used to eating food that's actually food and not processed junk. It is true that you're, and I didn't believe it before, but it is true that your taste, taste changes. I think I mentioned before. I used to could kind of barely stomach guacamole if it was like in a taco burrito or something. I could just pretend it wasn't there. I can eat guacamole with a spoon now. You know, my taste has shifted. I used to 
I can I could deal with like bell peppers if I had to. I will take uh, like a sweet pepper, banana pepper type thing, and take it and eat it like a banana. Even now, better, fill it with guacamole in your set. There you go. <laughs> and if I dip it in bread and fry it, then it's anyway. Um, all right, number eight. Uh, healthy meals are a problem. They cost more. I don't know what to eat. I'm confused by all the labels. I don't have the right ingredients. It takes more time to prepare. Wham, 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 wham. And all. This was one that I had multiple people throwing different reasons why healthy meals were a problem. Um, so here's my response to this. We have this new thing out there. It's called the Internet. <laughs> Use it. Don, you already said yourself. It's easy. You just, you just, we just go online and we find recipes that already tell us how to cook a healthy meal. Yes. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to do it right now while everybody's waiting. Mark. Uh, I'll vamp while you type. Even Don't go back and edit out <laughs> how long this takes. Even, even if you don't want to use this newfangled internets thing, there are these things called cookbooks. You can go to these oh, bookstores yeah. and you can buy entire books full of recipes. Well, if you use the Googles, um, and I think most of our listeners are probably tech savvy because they're listening to a podcast. And somebody has transcribed this for them and put it in a parchment roll and placed it on their <laughs> pedestal. Uh, I googled healthy recipes and got 37,600,000 results. First one, eatbetteramerica.com, readysetteat.com, foodnetwork.com, healthy eating, Mayo Clinic, healthy recipes. I mean, trying to figure out how to cook healthy uh, and what to get is is a no-brainer these days. Um, and it's ironic. I just, probably two, three weeks ago, whenever we were talking about doing the Weight Watchers thing again, because I'm frugal, I'm not scared to say, a lot of people say I'm cheap. And uh, I, so I Googled cheap, healthy recipes, and there's your whole healthy food costs more. And right. I think the very first one I came across in 10 minutes, I had six recipes that we were willing to try, and that's a whole week's worth of meals. So yeah. it's well, seriously, come on. It it, it it costs a little more to buy fruits and vegetables if you don't ever buy those right now. Versus and not even if you, you can buy frozen pockets. veggies and they're just as healthy, Aaron. Just yeah. as healthy. So, um, but and way cheaper. The uh, if you buy it, if you buy a smart again, you do a little shopping. We you know we we're not rich. We don't eat you know. $50 meals every evening, but we eat healthy for the most part, and it's not. It really isn't. That's kind of one of I those. I really think you need to change the title of this episode to Suck It Up, because that's okay. the overall theme. <laughs> maybe, we could do a, maybe we could do a subtitle. <laughs> Top 10 excuses. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Suck it up. All right, so <clears throat> number nine. This one was kind of humorous when it came in, but sad at the same time. I eat because I'm unhappy, and I'm unhappy because I eat. Yep. Uh, I, yes. I, I know that feeling of eating and, eat, you know, being mad at myself for eating that half a quart of ice cream as I'm eating it to feel better about the fact that I'm overweight, uh, you know, <laughs> to get that endorphin. So the person, this person that put that on there, if they were to ask me or allow me to speak into their life momentarily, um, what I would encourage them is set themselves up for success, make some plan ahead, make some smart choices so that they can see a quick, a quick win. And once you do that, then that starts breaking the cycle of, feeling unhappy about your weight. I mean, when I weighed 400 pounds, almost 400 pounds, I felt bad about my weight. When I weighed 370, I was already starting to feel pretty good about my weight. That sounds crazy. That I weighed, or 350, I weighed 350 pounds and I was excited about my health. Why is that? Because I was making a positive change. I was going in the right direction. And once that began to happen and I saw those changes happen, then it became a lot easier to say no, make better decisions because I was, I already had the momentum kind of shifted. You know, it's the whole inertia analogy of, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Once you, if you can just get yourself in motion, then it's it, it's not that hard to uh, it's not that complicated, I should say, to perpetuate that motion. You gonna say something, Mark? No. Okay. You you moved back in front of your mic in the same manner as which you normally do when you're about to speak. So, all right. So, to be more specific on that, if you're the kind of person that you just find yourself kind of eating whenever and you're feeling happy about the fact that you're eating. Sit down, plan ahead, plan out five days worth of what you're going to eat. That sounds crazy to do that for some people. Plan it out five days and just set your mind to it that you're going to do that for those five days and see how you feel at the end of it. See what, if you're a big person, if you eat healthy for five days, you're going to lose some weight. If and you know what? Five, if I might interject there. Well, let if, me throw this last sentence out there and then interject. That should be post-ject, actually. So I'll be done. If you're eating five or 6,000 calories a day, which I was, 
uh, and you suddenly eat 2,000 calories a day, which is still plenty of food for the average person, for a week, you're going to lose some weight. At the end of that week, you will have already lost weight. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I, I, the people who say that I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy because I eat, the, that's, those are, neither of those are true statements. All right. You may use food in some way to medicate yourself, but that that's not the only thing you're doing. You're, you're and you're not unhappy because you're overweight. That's one of the symptoms. There there are going to be other reasons that you're unhappy. And and I think that uh, again, I've mentioned that in my own journey here, I spent a long time examining myself and my behaviors. And um, the the overeating was just a symptom of a much bigger problem. And the the solution for me was suck it up and get over it so you know uh, that makes everything else work well it, it's all about getting your head right like our guest said not too long ago get your head yeah. right and everything else follows yeah you know it is a, totally a mind game so much now just in case y'all didn't know mark is a a, uh, a educated certifiable um licensed not licensed i don't think you're licensed anymore but uh counselor his degree is in counseling so he's not talking crazy talk He's talking to crazy people sometimes, but he's not. <laughs> That's right. So he knows what he's talking about, about getting your head He's talking you. to us, Aaron. <clears throat> he is. All right. Number 10. And this is one that I dealt with for years. Losing weight, especially when you need to lose a significant amount, seems like an overwhelming task. You know, sitting back last June and saying, I need to lose 150 pounds. Just try. If you're a heavy person, try saying that and thinking about, I need to lose 150 pounds. That's, I need to lose a whole person. Yeah. Or 250 pounds, or 350 pounds, or 550 pounds, or whatever. Just being able to, just even even to an average person, say, I need to lose 50 pounds. That just right. seems like such a huge number. See, I need but to lose a heavy person. I need to lose a fat person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, and I have in my notes here, um, for losing weight seems like an overwhelming task. My answer and my response to that is one meal, one workout. For me, that was how I overcame that. Literally, that's where this whole thing started from one meal and workout. To reiterate what that is, it simply means I'm going to make the best choice I can make at this meal. I'm going to make the smartest choice I can, the healthiest choice I can at this meal. I'm going to get myself to my next workout, and that's all I have to worry about. I don't have to worry about losing 100 pounds. I don't have to worry about losing 50 pounds. I don't have to worry about losing 10 pounds. I don't have to worry about losing a single pound. I just have to make these smarter choices and then l let the results happen. And that's that's all I did. It's that simple. So you just you put take that you take that question of how much weight do I really need to lose? I mean, I did some math at the beginning of it. I said I want to get to approximately this body fat percentage, and maybe because that's a healthy body fat percentage, and I need to lose about this much. But I didn't really have a target goal pound that I was locked and loaded on that I was shooting for. Um, I just kind of let it take me where it went as far as healthy by doing the one meal at a time, one workout at a time. So that's to me, that's my answer to somebody who says. You know, I need to lose 50 pounds. I just can't even fathom doing that. Well, don't fathom it. Don't even think about it. Just eat better and exercise more. And, and look back and in six really, months, you know, I did it. <clears throat> yeah, talk ahead, about John. it. And I don't know why we've done this for, I can't even tell you how long at this point, but it just strikes me now that uh, doing doing it the way that we talk about the one meal, one workout thing is kind of the opposite of how life works for people anyway. They don't think about, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to eat a bunch of junk and gain 150 pounds. They think, I want to eat this right now. And I want to sit here on the couch right now. And they don't ever think about, that's just not how people are wired most of the time. I mean, if it were, we could all say that I'm going to be a millionaire rock star. And here's everything that I need to lay out for the next 10 years to make that happen. Nobody does well, that. I've, well, I've decided I'm going to be rich. Remember, I figured out how I'm going to be rich. I've got step something. one that I'm going to invent something. That's, I figured Perfect. it out. I haven't decided okay. what yet. Don't know. I don't have any idea. But I've got step one down. I'm going to invent something. But yeah, you're exactly right, Don. It's the whole we. It's funny that we can put off the fact that we're going to gain 150 pounds if we keep doing it and and ignore that. But we. But whenever it comes time to try to take that off the opposite way, we it becomes an obstacle we can't get over. And, and I would go a little further and say, don't even think about losing weight. The idea is to be healthier. Right. See, I, I only weigh myself like every four to six weeks. It's not. I'm not doing the Weight Watchers check in every Friday. I, I don't do yeah. that. Uh, I weigh myself every, you know, six weeks or so, and as long as that trend is going down, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I same with me. I, I mean, I use my weight kind of as a barometer now to more to kind of get the uh, thermometer, I should say, to get the temperature of what I'm doing, kind of get a feel for it, as opposed to some some uh, quali quali qualitative. Is that the word I'm looking for? Not quantitative. Yeah. 
some some kind of empirical evidence of I'm healthier, I'm not healthier. It's more just kind of a general thing now. What speaks way more to me than anything my scale could say is my wife told me the other day that she's going to have to buy me some new clothes because my pants don't fit anymore. That says way more than Woo-hoo! anything a scale could say. Air high five over the internet. All yeah, right, buying Doc, a new wardrobe what, is, it, is hurtful on your wallet, but it feels really good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. My wife bought me a shirt for Christmas this year. Uh, excuse me, not Christmas, for my anniversary, which was a couple weeks ago. This was the first year that I believe ever that we've been married that she didn't go to a big and tall store to buy me a shirt for our anniversary. Congratulations. She went to that was pretty exciting. And it was really funny because, and she bought me a new belt too. So I still, I'm still wearing my, my, I go all the way around the middle of my back belt <laughs> about half the time because I'm not, I'm going to keep wearing that for a while, but I actually have a belt that fits me now. It was funny because she said, I'm pulled an Aaron. And I said, what? She said, happy anniversary and handed me a belt and a shirt wadded up in her hand with the price tag still on it. <laughs> I was like, so what are you trying to say, honey? I don't, uh, I, I don't wrap presents very often. So anyway, that was kind of funny. Any, 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 uh, last comments, guys, on the, on the, on the 10, 10 myths debunked, 10 reasons debunked. Uh, I think we hit most of the things I hear from people. On you will find a hundred reasons not to. You only need one reason to make a change. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. I, I think I will just throw in there one more good time. Suck it up. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, and, and believe us, if you're out there listening and you're that person that's 50, 100, 150, whatever, overweight, and you're like, they, those guys on that podcast, they just don't understand. You are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We totally understand. I mean, We're I not think- even fit to fat to fit type understanding what you're talking about. We really are those guys that were sitting yeah. where you're sitting right now. Right. And yeah. just, you know, just to, to, to recap, I still weigh 450 pounds. I'm, you know, I'm not exactly this thin guy telling you, come on, you can do it. No, I'm on the journey with you. Right. And, I'm and still, still poking out from underneath my XL shirts. Yeah, I'm there too. So <laughs> it's it's definitely a journey for all of us. Well, I ha- I have kind of hit a plateau, but I'm still not done. I need to lose probably another twenty myself. So even though I've come a quote, come a long way, baby, to to uh, quote a horrible commercial uh, ad campaign, I still have a ways to go. Um, so yeah, we're all. You know, we're not like Mark, like Don said. We're not fit to fat to fit. I'm I was fat to fatter to fattest to the la- not quite as fat to approaching average now. You know, <laughs> I'd be the name of my website if I had one like that. So anyway, oh, speaking of websites, Aaron, have you mentioned your new website yet? I know I don't know that I've mentioned it. Let me mention that now. I have uh, thrown out there a new, still kind of in the works, but pretty much uh, starting to be fleshed out. One meal one workout dot com website. That's the number one meal number one workout dot com. Not any really super fancy bells and whistles, but it's a little more navigable, I believe. Up at the top, you got your home, you got your blogs, if you just want to read the, like generic blog postings, you got your podcasts, if you want to look at a list of the podcasting things, and you got your uh, races, some stuff we've done related to races I've hosted or participated in. But you can also, um, there's a there's a page that has my bio, kind of who I am, what I, where I've been from. I need to make a page about the podcast, about us, and what the podcast is about. I need to do that. I've got a what's meal, one meal and workout, I realized after having the website up for what six months i didn't actually have anything on there that told people what one meal one workout was <laughs> i had to, i told them it was a new philosophy about food and fitness but i didn't tell them what the philosophy was and they had to go back and find you know previous podcasts and blog posts about it so i put something there that specifically kind of spells out the the philosophy of one meal one workout and there's also just a listing of podcasts that you can see who the guests were and topics if you want to peruse back through them quickly and find that so that's all there on the new website but uh one of the things we typically try to do on the podcast every week is a eat less, exercise more tip. Because that was kind of my my other mantra for myself was I just need to eat a little less, eat a little less, exercise a little more. Um, so I'm I'm actually giving you one tip today tied together. You know we've talked before. Yeah, there's you got your cortisol and your glycoglobulin, and if you eat 14 pounds of bacon but you don't eat any carbs, you'll melt all the fat off your body in three hours, and you can take this shot. Yes, we understand all the fancy technological chemical things, but the reality of it is still, for the most part, for the average person, unless you have some kind of weird metabolic problem, if you eat a little less, then you burn, you will lose weight. So we're just looking for what they call the calorie deficit. So my, my point is this week is what's easier to pass on the one 500-calorie order of large McDonald's fries or for a 200-pound man to run 35 minutes at a 10-mile-an-hour pace, 10-minute mile pace? A lot of people, especially when you're starting out, it's easier to pass on the McDonald's fries than do the exercise. 
time-wise, it's easier to pass. on the, If you're the guy that doesn't have enough time to work out, the way you can compensate is to cut back a little bit more on your calories, make smarter choices on your calorie intake. Um, to kind of use that same analogy, if, if you're at a currently at a, you know, a stable weight, like for myself, I'm at a fairly stable weight, you know, I need to, I need to have a 3,500 calorie deficit in a week to lose a pound. It's about 3,500 calories I need to burn more than I take in to lose a pound. For, for me to do that, or for that 200 pound man to do that, I'd have to run four hours to burn that 3,500 calories. To lose one pound. To lose one Not pound. Not counting all the water weight you'd lose from sweating, from exercising right. that much. So, and that's just simple math. I mean, that, there's all kinds of things that go into it. But my point is, studies have shown that diet modification is easiest for most people. It's easier, like Mark's talking about his time. It's hard right now with his time. is scheduled to get uh, you know 45-minute workout in four days a week. But it's easy. But it, everybody has the time to eat, not eat something. <laughs> it doesn't take any time to not eat something. Um, so studies have shown that diet modification is easiest for most people. But the best answer, best way for weight loss is a combination of both. Because if you can eat 250 calories less and you can burn 250 calories more, then you got a 500 calorie swing, and that's the way to really do it. Uh, just a, a a quick anecdote, if I may. That's that's what I do on the show. I dote annex. Um, not a uh, when I was at my heaviest, my typical McDonald's meal, when I'd go to McDonald's, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but this is what I would do. I would order a double quarter pounder value meal, supersize, back when they call it supersize. So yeah. I'd have the double quarter pounder, the large fries, and the large Dr. Pepper, and I'd get the Dr. Pepper with no ice because then you get more soda, plus a filet of fish sandwich. So I would eat all that and a filet of fish sandwich. Okay. Did you never hit on the fact that they were doing two apple pies for a dollar? Because that was really the best deal. <laughs> once once they stopped frying the pies, I didn't like them anymore. Oh, so, really? Well, Mark, anyway, oh, so, yeah. But well, no, hold on. I'm, I'm not finished yet. So that was my average, that was average, my everyday meal, not even when I was hungry. Not too long ago, uh, maybe a month ago, I found myself at McDonald's and I thought, I'm going to spurge. I got the double quarter pounder me- uh, value meal. I didn't supersize it. I couldn't finish it. And at the end, you know, halfway through, I'm like, my God, I used to eat this plus more. How, how did I do that? So, it, you know, it's easy once you've stopped doing it for a while. It becomes easier, you know. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't finish the whole not even supersized meal, and I was still full, and I still ate way more calories than I should. But it was a fraction of the calories that I used to eat, and still be hungry. Yeah, I, I you say you're embarrassed by that, Mark. I used to get the exact same meal, <laughs> double quarter pounder, gigantic supersized fries, gigantic supersized drink. I didn't get the. Uh, play a fish sandwich i would just refill my dr pepper four times yeah. which is a thousand calories by itself <laughs> so yeah I, I did the exact same thing yep now i typically get the small burger the small fry and i get a giant drink but i get a no calorie drink so all right mark there i've already heard about one meal one workout.com and if they go there they can get to our facebook and twitter and youtube and all that or they could always email me at double a-r-o-n aaron at one meal one workout.com but where would they want to go if they would like to find other podcasts of equal or greater quality than this one? <laughs> equal or greater. I don't know about that. But uh, uh, ElementOP.com uh, is the parent company of the One Meal, One Workout podcast series. Uh, and we have other podcast there we have uh, at present six shows uh, and uh, if you like this one you maybe you'll like some of the others and, and I've, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before um, you don't have to subscribe to our shows you don't have to go through any process every show that we do has a play button right there on the website so you can yep. just go through and just play it and if you don't want to invest in iTunes and and doing that whole process if you're not sure you want to check something out just hit the play button give it a listen while you're at work if you like it subscribe if you don't don't but also we've got our forums there and uh, uh, ways for our community to interact with each other. That's really the the value that Element Opie brings to One Meal, One Workout is that we provide a community uh, meeting place for all of you. So join us there, elementopie.com, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. All right. Gentlemen, unless you have any other excuses we need to debunk, I'm going to say before you start debunking excuses, you need to uh, consult your health care provider or exercising and dieting.